The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Madrasa on A. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another episode of Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson along none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio and this is exactly where we are going to be starting our very first segment being Knowing My Lord and Sheikh will then be giving us a recap as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday. Alhamdulillah, must say weather is looking good. Alhamdulillah, so the dam levels are definitely filling up a little bit. I can just say that we are blessed by the Rahmah of Allah. But for further ado, I'm going to be greeting Sheikh in studio, Sheikh Aslam Walaikum, how are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's yourself, Auntie Yasmin? Alhamdulillah, yourself, Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, lakul hal. We thank Allah for the great favors that Allah has bestowed upon us. Definitely, alhamdulillah. May Allah grant us to be worthy of the thanks of Allah. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, the flu is all yours. You may start it. Shukran, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala malana biya ba'd. رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises due to Allah always and forever. In love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the last and final, being the last and final messenger. May Allah grant us to be worthy of that status being the ummah of this Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant us the ability to fulfill the obligations that is expected of that ummah. That you need, you and I need to fulfill those things. Allahumma amin, amin ya rabbal alamin. May Allah grant khair and barakat to all of us, insha'Allah. So Allah Taala, going into this segment of knowing my Lord, before we go there, insha'Allah, uh, let us put our hands together to make dua. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahi ar-rahman ar-rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin, ar-rahman ar-rahim, maliki yawmiddin. إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين يا رب العالمين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم جعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا ورزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا ورزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب رب العالمين اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين
Shukran Jazakumullah Khair Barakallahu Fikum May Allah accept from all of us In this segment Knowing my Lord We yesterday dealt with The portion of Nabi Musa And Banu Israel um, We were busy with the surah With Surah Baqarah The different verses there We've reached the verse yesterday We allowed to respect to verse number 60 Number 61 And in verse number 60 We said yesterday We allowed to says And Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry for that one. I made a mistake. Uh, um, Allah says in verse number 60, Allah says to them, and Allah says, and remember when Nabi Musa asked Allah for water for his people. Allah says, we said to them, to Nabi Musa, strike the stone with your stick. And then out of it will gush 12 springs. And each group of the people of the tribes of Banu Israel, they will know their own place for water, the spring that they need to go to. So each and everyone will go to with their own tribe to at a certain uh, spring. And then Allah made a statement, Allah says, Kulo washrabu, see that you eat, eat and drink of that which Allah has provided, of the halal. And do not act corruptly. Do not go against that which Allah has given you. Or if Allah made haram for you, do not go then and corruptly live your life and do the and do mischief and do the un, un, uncomfortable things on earth. Now Allah says that and remember we said it's similar to you and me, it refers to all of us. And most probably that area with Allah says wa kulu wa shrabu refers to all of us. Where Allah speaks to the Yahud but want us to reflect when we eat and drink, are we taking things that's not permissible? Are we living the life of corruption? Is it through the things that Allah has made halal for us that we enter into haram? It is, is it through the positive things that, there is that Allah has granted us that we go and show Allah to, uh, disobedience and create mischief and, and, and do corruption and, and do the negative things on earth? May Allah protect that we come to realize Allah doesn't want that for them, neither Allah want that for any one of us. May Allah grant khair and barakah. And then we went to the other ayah, ayah number 61, where in Allah to the says, وَإِذْ قُلْتُمْ يَا مُوسَى Remember when you said, O Musa, لَنْ نَصْبِرَ عَلَى طَعَامٍ وَاحِدٍ we, we have no means to be able to persevere the processes of having to enjoy one type of food. فَدَعُوا لَنَا رَبَّكِ You go and make, call your Lord and that He brings for us forth. مِمَّا تُنْبِتُ الْأَرْضِ Of that things which the earth produces. مِنْ بَقَلِهَا Of the the various things that Allah has created and Allah says of the various things that Allah has created that grows in the earth such as the herbs that there is وَقِثَّائِهَا and it refers to the cucumbers وَفُومِهَا and foam could refer to wheat and it can refer to garlic وَبَصَلِهَا and the basal refers to lentils and its onions 
وبصلها وفومها وعدسها وعدسها لعدس فاتو ذا لينتلز اتيز وبصلها لبصلي فاتو انينز الله سكريتنا وي كان سي ذي بين فيري سبيسيفيك ان ذي ريكويست از تو وات ذي وونت ذي سيت تو الله ذي سيت تو نبي موسى وي دونت هاف ذا بيشنس تو انجوي اونلي ذا وان تايب اوف فود Even if it's very, very good and very healthy for us, we don't want that food only. Please exchange and let us have other foods. And then they were specifically requesting exactly what they want. And they said, we cannot endure that, that aspect of enjoying this one type of food only. And they wanted Nabi Musa to make dua. But the way they use their arrogance to indicate to Nabi Musa, so to say, we're not happy with that. And um, no matter what it is, like how good it is, that's not what we're asking for. We would prefer to have things that we want ourselves. Now that attitude is the attitude that lives amongst many people. May Allah protect. If Allah grants us, say Alhamdulillah, say thank you for the favors, say whatever comes from Allah is extremely healthy. So it's not possible for a Muslim to say, I don't eat this type of food, and no doubt I do. You build, if it comes from your Lord, if it's the best for you, if He has selected on the earth that for you, and He's given you fruit and vegetation, and He's created and wanted you to be able to be successful, to be healthy, to be strong, so that you can prosper through that which is given halal for you, then you do not say anything, Ya ma taste How dare we? That's exactly the Yahud. So we need to look at ourselves. So they said, no, we want lentils. We want onions. We want garlic. But Allah's given them things that's million times better for their health, for their prosperity, for their dunya and for their akhirah. But it's their arrogance. How many of us don't live with such arrogance that Ik wil iets wat ik wil iets. Je ging niet van mij, je zei niet van mij niet. Who created you? Who made the food for you? Who gave the rizik to place it on the earth for you and me? Who? But we still prefer to have things other than what Allah gives us. Ya Rab, can we understand how does these things affect us? To know that you can send through your questions through to WhatsApp as well as the SMS. And yes, she will be continuing where she stopped before the break. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran for that one, Yasmina. In this segment, we are dealing with knowing my Lord. We were busy with Nabi Musa and Banu Israel. We were looking at the verses in verse number 30, number 61 in Surah Baqarah, Surah number 2. And in the year, Allah, we were speaking about how Allah Ta'ala indicated to them And they said to Nabi Musa that they will not bear patience with the fact that Allah has given them one type of food to eat and they need to eat those things on a daily basis. But Allah has given it to them because Allah has given them the best that Allah could. And so when Allah gave them that, and they said that we cannot bear the patience with that, we cannot endure the, the one type of food, um, we do not have the sabr with that one type. And so they said to Nabi Musa, we want you to call upon Allah to beg of Allah to bring us for food from the earth, um, things that grows, 
and then they say such as herbs such as cucumbers and such as wheat such as garlic such as lentils and such as onions they told all that they went to that extent um and 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 here we've actually just reminded ourselves in the process remember our job that we are doing we are not telling stories of nabi musa we actually want us to want to look at what happened in the time of nabi musa when allah challenged those people with certain things so what was their uluhiyah to allah so we were seeing the uluhiyah of these people how they acted out their uh, submission to allah ta'ala now remember in knowing our lord it's all about the rububiyah of allah first that when allah is a rob and then the other aspect is the uluhiyah of Allah. And the uluhiyah of Allah speaks about our reaction to Allah's command when Allah speaks, when Allah commands, when Allah advises, when Allah prevents. So they, these are the powers of Allah when we've identified Him as Rabb. And then thereafter we accept Him as Ra'ilah. And we are prepared to love the uluhiyah in giving Him the honor that He deserves. And we say... The reason why we look at this by having to say when we need to identify who Allah is, who is Allah and who are we with Allah, then that aspect make us the Muslim that we ought to be. And Allah exposes us especially to these others so that we can see how did the Anbiya and their people respond. And if it was positive, Allah would grant them positivity. But if it is negative, na'udhu billah, may Allah prevent us that we will unfortunately, and Allah shows us in the Quran, the positivity, what is the answer to that, or the results of that, and the negativity, the results of that, Allah also exposes us to. May Allah grant us khair and barakah and grant us insight and realization of the favors that Allah be send, send to us, and that we become worthy of appreciating Allah for what Allah has given us. May Allah grant us that sense. Ya Rabb. So Allah tell us to us the different types of foods that there is. Qal atastabdiluna alladhi huwa adna billadhi huwa khair. Nabi Musa then said to them, after they said to Nabi Musa what they wanted and they were very specific, like many of us, Nabi Musa, do you exchange that which is less of quality and value in the sight of Allah to that which is uh, what you think that is better? Meaning, if Allah is giving you the best of the best that Allah has given you, you still prefer to want to go for the cheap, for that which is corruptive, that is destructive, that is harmful to you. You still want your own thing. You only prefer that you think that you know better. And many times they say, Ya my ekvit, what is good for me? Are you saying Allah don't know you? Are you saying Allah is ignorant? Or Allah stupid? Or Allah don't know better? But this is the attitude that you and I give. This is our uluhiyah to Allah. When many a time Allah gives us, and he, like they've said, Nabi Musa said to them, do you think you know better? And you prefer to type those things which is of no value, no good, that is corruptive, those things that will destroy you, that will bring harm to you in the way you eat and you're drinking. Would you still prefer to have that instead of what Allah has given you the best or better? May Allah open the path. So, as we've said, it's not it's about Banu Israel, but not for Banu Israel. It is for the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam for them to reflect. To reflect, are we living like them and having that attitude like them, careless like them, 
can't worry like them. I present myself and don't care who my Lord is and for what he has given and how far has he gone to serve me. A'udhu Billah. Ya Rabb. May Allah pardon all of us. So again, the uluhiya is that you and I may be able to reflect and that's the reason. For no other reason does Allah mention us to us about any of the other people and the Anbiya. The only reason is so that you and I can see what did others do and what was their results. And what if you do the same, what will be your results? If you do the positive, then positive will be your results. And if you do the negative, then negative will be your results as well. May Allah protect all of us. May Allah grant us understanding. May Allah grant us a realization to come to know where we are and who we are. And that Allah guide us to become successful people in our dunya. And for our akhirah, Nabi Musa asked a question to them. Atastabdilun qal, atastabdilun alladhi huwa adna billadhi huwa khair. Are you replacing that which is of lesser value to that which is of a better value? Ihbitu musran, go to any place that you want to. Fa'inna lakum ma sa'altum, then for you will find there whatever you want. He says, go, and he says, the word Misr there is a reference to the city. He says, go to the city area and there you will find what you want to. فَضُرِبَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الذِّلَّةُ وَالْمَسْكَنَةُ وَبَاءُوا بِغَدَبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يَكْفُرُونَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَيَقْتُلُونَ النَّبِيِّينَ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَسَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ and after Nabi Musa said to them, would you prefer that which is of a lesser value? He says, go, go to any place or any town and you shall find what you want. And they were, con- they were covered in humiliation, says Allah, and misery. And they drew on themselves the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Meaning Allah wants us to understand that when people act like that, when they have this attitude with whatever Allah has granted them, when they think themselves better, when according to them, you don't know me, I know myself and I know this. When we have those attitudes that we live with, na'udhu billah, Allah doesn't want that for us. Allah wants us to come to realize who we are. Precisely what in our characters, in our mannerism, in our way we deal with things would call for the wrath of Allah and what brings down the mercy of Allah. May Allah grant us of those people. So Allah says, so they have engaged themselves in a process where they've called and covered themselves with humiliation and misery and they drew upon themselves the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Now then Allah goes in the verse as to say the reasons why. That was because they used to disbelieve in the verses of Allah. Whatever Allah has given to them, they had their own form of interpretation. They wanted to interpret it. Yes, but. Yes, and. Now, this is one problem about the human being. But that has happened in the time of Nabi Musa. It happened to many people prior. It's still happening today. We need to look at our own lives. What do we do? How do we see? Are we living in commission with Allah? But remember, it's not possible for you to be a slave of Allah. It's not possible for me to be a slave of Allah if you and I don't go and seek the knowledge of Allah. So you will never be a Muslim, not you, neither I, not your mom, neither mine, not your parents, neither mine, not your children, neither mine, can be Muslims. 
If we are not interested to want to leave our homes and leave our luxuries and go and seek knowledge, seek and go and understand, be taught, realize I lack a great amount of understanding and I need to have a teacher who guides me. In the words of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if I don't have a teacher that can guide me, Shaitan is my teacher, not me. I'm quoting what your Nabi and my Nabi said to us. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying shaitan will be your teacher. I say our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, if you and I don't have a true teacher that we can hold to, that we can hang unto, that can guide us, that we can ask the necessary questions for guidance and success, if we don't have such a teacher, then shaitan is, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, shaitan is our teacher. May Allah open the path. So then, because if we have a real teacher who can guide us, then we can walk the straight path. But we cannot say we walk the straight path if no teacher is guiding us. Because shaitan then will corrupt, he will destroy, and that's his job. He was only doing his job, he will do a perfect job to corrupt and destroy and to offer us anything and everything under the sun except the obedience of Allah. May Allah protect all of us. And so it's important for us to understand that Allah says to us, what what was the reason? This Allah says the reason is because they did not believe what comes from Allah. What was the advice from Allah? What is the verses? Now I want to say to us that the Yahud cannot worship Allah. They cannot accept Allah's message if they don't go and learn it from the Nabi, which was Nabi Musa. Similarly, we need to go and seek and understand the message of Allah to be able to execute to carry that out, to accept the proofs and the evidences that there is, to accept Allah's ayat and to be able to love it to the best of our abilities. And then Allah says the other thing that they did as a people, that Allah has sent to them prophets and they wrongfully killed their prophets. They decided that they have a right to be able to handle those prophets as they wanted to. May Allah protect all of us, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We have our second part of the program being I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? And Sheikh, we have a question already. So Sheikh, here's a question that came through via our WhatsApp. It says, Assalamu alaikum to all. I would like to know if it is still considered wrong when you are a Muslim living amongst Christians and you have to eat what they eat, even though it is not pork. However, it is not halal because pork is being made in the house and alcohol, etc. Would would it still be considered haram? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. The short answer to the question is yes, it will still be haram. If one needs to look at a bit further uh, as to the question of the person asking the question, then we need to say look at the circumstances. Um, are you living within uh, in, in a situation where you cannot afford yourself? Do you have somebody like brothers and sisters or other that can assist you to be able to give you to prepare food for you in a halal manner? Because eating what others are eating and they give to you, they don't. It's not necessary pork, but haram is food that has been slaughtered, uh, uh, um, mutton and, and and beef and these things. According to not according to Islam, then those the, the things is haram. We cannot eat it. So wine is not the only thing that we cannot drink, but anything that in actual fact that uh, its origin is not of purity as a Muslim, then that is haram for us. 
So we do not drink wine, but if there's wine being served in the house, that is part of the process that we need to abstain from. But they serve, they, they even have uh, pork to serve there for the, for the people who do eat pork. But you do not eat pork, then, but it's not best for you to be able to see that you live, because our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has prevented us in total prevention to be able to sit at a table where pork is served or where wine is served. So that makes the, the environment haram, and we need to be able to get for yourself and you need to see that you get a different environment that you can enjoy your eats and your meals so that you can participate in what is halal. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. There are no further questions. However, do know that you can still send it through to WhatsApp and SMS. For now, Sheikh will be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday in our segment, I am a Muslim. What is expected of me? Sheikh Tafatul. Alhamdulillah. Shukran for that. Yes, Yasmina. In, in the segment, uh, I'm a Muslim, uh, and what is expected of me, we were busy on the area of what we call busy with the salah, the prerequisites for salah, and the things that goes out, and we were busy on the area called the sunan of the fitra. And we said the fitra referred to the natural practices of human natural practices that Allah has placed on man that they need to see that becomes part of their natural life, right? Um, we went into this hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he said, um, related to us by Abu Huraira radiallahu an, that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to us, five are from the natural practices. It is circumcision, but also a sunnah. Shaving of the pubic hairs, plucking of the armpit hairs, clipping the nails, and trimming the mustache. And we were busy looking at the means and way to deal it. And we said, our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us that these things must not exceed a process of forty days that we participate in. Um, we then went further than that on the other hadith the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to us and this hadith is related to us by Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha wherein she said um, that the messenger of Allah said ten are of the things of the natural practices and she mentioned the trimming of the mustache as one leaving the beard to grow is two using the toothpicks to be able to clean the mouth is three and, and, and here most probably we need to go into the use of what we call the miswak. The use for toothpick is a recommended act, generally, but a certain circumstances it is given even greater emphasis than the preferences there is. And these are when making ablution. When a person making ablution, it is stronger for him. It's recommended to always clean the mouth. The recommendation for the toothpick, the, the, the tooth stick or the miswak, is we can use it everywhere and anywhere. But our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for us when it comes to wudu, he said, if it were not for a, for, to be a hardship on my nation, I would order them to use the tooth stick or the, the miswak when they are making ablution, when they make wudu. Right? So, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed us in his action and that it's a strong recommendation for us to be able to use the toothpick. Now, most probably here I would want to give a reminder to all of us, to myself first and to all of us, as to remind us that the modern uh, uh, um, toothstick, uh, the modern uh, uh, toothbrush that we are using, 
unfortunately has got many uncomfortable things in it. No disrespect. And I would want the Muslim community to be broad, open-minded and to be ready to go and search. There's many things in our life, unfortunately, as Muslims, we see others do and we just do it that way. And we think that they're doing something good, not that they're doing something wrong. But unfortunately, the world setup has created a scenario where we take things that we see others do and we just do that. But that is not best for us. And what I'm referring to is the toothbrushes that we are using. There's some of us that wants to use a positive or good toothbrush and we go and we buy an expensive toothbrush yet we do not know the contents, what it consists of, what it's made of. One of the things in the Islamic process is we may not eat khinzir. But anything from the khinzir that comes off can be used for other things. So anything to do with consume, consuming it is not permissible. It is haram for us in totality, absolutely haram. But if you use a slipper that's made of khinzir skin, then there's nothing wrong. Because Allah did not make the khinzir skin haram for us to be able to use to make a slipper thereof. And similarly, if you use the khinzir hair to be able to make brushes thereof and, and to, 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 to paint the, 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 the walls, there's nothing wrong in doing that. The Nabi has given permission. Or if the, you have long khinzir uh, hair, khinzir refers to pig hair, you have long ones of them and you use it as a shoelace, then Islam has given, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has given permissibility to the Sahaba for that. So Islam has given permissibility for the use of those things because it's not consumed, you don't eat it, it's not going into your, your system. The thing has been made haram from the side of the fact that you and I, but the sad thing is, there is toothbrushes today. In the market that people buy for themselves to use, but it's made of a, a many bases of things, and some of them is made of pig hair. Subhanak la hawla Now the very fact that it's made of pig hair, meaning you're going to put it into your mouth, and you're going to clean your mouth with that, and so obviously that makes it haram, because then the very process of consuming the matter which you're putting into your mouth because when you put your finger onto your tongue then the, the first thing that happens the tongue gives off saliva and that saliva sets off a process that goes into the body to be able to make it easy for the body to break down the food that you're going to eat and more saliva has been excreted by the stomach itself preparing itself for the but that happens through the khinzir hair then and that is a bit of an uncomfortable process. Added to that is Ms. Pobi, and I'm sorry that I've got to mention all this here. Thus the scholar says to us, the best thing is to know what type of toothbrush you are using, and the better or very best thing is to do to see that you do not use toothbrushes, but you use the advice of the natural thing known in the research to be a very good thing using what we call the miswak to clean the mouth. 
Shukran so much for that. We are by second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And your Sheikh is going to be continuing as to where Sheikh stopped just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakalakhir for that one, Yasmina. Just before the ad break, we were speaking on the tooth, uh, 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 toothbrush, wanting us to understand the, the processes that happens. And people, we are not here wanting to open up negativities. Remember, Islam is all about seeing whatever either is positive and also getting ourselves prepared for the negativities so that we do not land in the negativities. If we know it not, we will not be kept responsible. But the moment we come to know and we need to come to know what is negative so that we can abstain from that. And that is the reason why we suggest like the scholar says to us, the better thing to use is not the toothbrushes that is those type of expensive ones that's made of uh, pig uh, hair. And if we know it's made of that, just abstain from it. Don't use it anymore. Make sure. But the best they say to us is to use the natural format used by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And you and I want to be um, followers of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No, we see him as a star. And we are the followers of that star. We are his fans. So if he does something, we want to do it like him. Thus, it should become a norm that we use the, 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 the miswak. And the miswak is a better form of cleansing and not leaving behind the negativities. I'm, 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 I'm uncomfortably sorry that I need to share this with you. Um, dealing with what we speak about the process of the, of the, of the toothbrush. I want to mention at this point a juncture, and I'm not in, intending. I don't intend to open up this door for discussion. I'm just mentioning to let us understand. All we need to say after this, we hear, we understand, and we draw the line, and we will make sure that we don't do that. I'm not going to entertain any questions about it. And that is, there's certain brushes that we use when we bake cake. Especially the brush that you use where you put your, 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 the egg upon the top of the cake, the susi pies and the hudas, and many of those brushes is made of by pig hair. This is a fact, and please go and check, uh, what's his name, Professor Google, he will tell you the truth. Go to him, he's got it all. You, as I say, I'm not going to entertain this as a topic and a subject. If something is what is haram for us, we just abstain. We say no, uh, we find out, and we make sure the one that we're using in our kitchen is that one equal. We remove it, we throw it away, because it cannot be used by Muslims. It is then making haram the processes for us, because the pig, is, the pig here is by itself nothing wrong with. We don't eat it, but unfortunately when we use it, use it in things to, for us to eat, then it has an effect on us. May Allah protect all of us, inshallah, and grant us insight for the processes. We are busy with the toothbrush in the sense of the miswak, and we mentioned to us that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says there is greater emphasis when a person takes wudu or when a person is going for the time for salah. Abu Huraira narrated that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if it were not to be a hardship on my nation, Lawla an ashukka ala ummati, la amartuhum bisiwak ma'akulli salah. I would have ordered them to use the, toothpaste, the, 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 the toothbrush as, as the miswak at every prayer, every time they make salah. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. 
The other portion is the scholar says, whenever a person goes and recites the Quran, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said, we were ordered to use the toothbrush. He also said, well, the toothbrush with reference to the miswak, that when the human stands to pray, an angel comes to him. Sayyidina Ali says to us, when a person stands in salah, then an, a malak comes to him. And he stands behind him, listening to the recitation of the Qur'an. And coming closer to him, he continues to listen, to come close to him, until he puts his mouth upon the person's mouth. Subhanak la hawlu wa la quwwata illa billah. He does not read a verse except that it goes into that of the angel. Mean, mean the person will be reading the Qur'an, and as he reads the Qur'an, the malak comes to his face and puts his mouth onto the mouth of the, the person that's reciting, and his recitation goes in into the mouth of the malak simply because of that. To show us the quality when a person is going to make salah or stand in salah, that a person should use the process of the miswak. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are still in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? To note that you can send through your questions through to the WhatsApp number as well as the SMS number if you have any questions with regards to what Sheikh is going to be speaking about. But for now, I hand over to Sheikh to continue. We were busy speaking on the miswak and the use of the miswak and to when to use at miswak as to when had did our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa use it and the last one we mentioned about is that what happens if a person is in salah and he recites the Quran then Allah sends a malak and this malak comes and puts his mouth onto the mouth of the person who recites the Quran whilst in salah or whilst he is reciting the Quran until he blows his voice the, 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 the person who recites his into the mouth of the malak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Um, showing to us the qualities of what Allah gives for us in these ibadah that we're doing. May Allah grant us khair and barakah and accept from all of us, inshaAllah. The, the other point as to when is, is it also recommended for us to use it. Uh, some of the ahadith, um, the sahabi uh, is, uh, mentions to us that uh, um, he asked Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anh, this person by the name of Miqdad, he asked Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anh, what did the Prophet do first when he entered this house? She said, Sayyidina Aisha said, he used the tooth, uh, the toothbrush of the two, the miswak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Um, so, so we see that entering the house is also to be able to use the toothbrush for at that moment just to clean. To why? Because if you come from a journey and you um, um, you've been doing whatever you've been doing and eating and this that and the other, then the best is to clean your mouth first if you're going to want to interact with your family. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And then uh, um, another hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, this person by the name of Hudayfa said to us, when the messenger of Allah would get up to perform the late night prayers, he would use the miswak. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Which means if, 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 if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa stands up in the middle of the night, hoping to do the, what we call the tajud salah, then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa would first clean his mouth, and cleans, cleaning it with the miswak to be able to take anything uncomfortable out of the mouth 
because he's going to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. May Allah grant us khair and barakah that we actually benefit through those processes. And that takes us to the understanding of the of the, the um, miswak. Alhamdulillah. Um, the, the other process is that to do with the cutting of the hair, the clipping of the hair, or the shaving, with, with reference to the mustache and, and other parts of the body, there's an, a hadith of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam wherein the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam prevented us for the removal of grey hairs, other than portions where you actually do the shaving, meaning that you don't remove a grey hair because it's grey. So if it's in the beard and 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 places where on the other part of the body, don't remove the grey hairs, because the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to us. By, uh, related to us by a, a Sahabi by the name of Amr ibn Shu'aib He narrated that the, his father On the authority of his grandfather uh, Said that the messenger of Allah said Do not pluck out grey hairs No Muslim gets a grey hair in Islam Except that it will be a light for him On the day of resurrection Which means every grey hair that we have Is a benefit for you and me by Allah Ta'ala, so don't remove that said the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then it comes to the process of the hair that one can actually, uh, um, when it comes to the, the body, the hair of the head of the person and, and other parts of the body where hair is on, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has recommended for us that the person, if it is white hair, Means grey, that the person can actually um, color the hair, use a color, and it is from the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that they've been using coloring for hair, and the coloring that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been using then is the common coloring that you and I know as the hina color, right? And so the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has recommended for the person to do that. Abu Dhar narrated that the Prophet said the best thing to change those grey hairs is by Hina or there's a name called Katam and this thing uh, uh, Katam is very much like the, 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 the Hina and uh, uh, the leaves it's, it's leaves of a tree and those leaves Use, but gives off a much more dark effect, and 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 that's what the people are using on their nails and on their face, on their hairs, a dark effect uh, that, that that they use. And the Nabi but it's it's darker, but it's not completely black. Abu Hurairah, the Prophet said, the Jews and the Christians do not dye their beards, so differ from them. In another hadith, Jabir related that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam narrated that Abu, another sahabi was brought to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa on the day of conquering Makkah and his beard was white with its grey hair. The messenger of Allah then said, change this color but avoid black. We understand that 
Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, at the end of time, there will be people who will die with black dye like the corpse of doves. And they therefore will not smell the scent of paradise. So what we do see that when a person is having to dye his hair, Islam would not recommend that he dyes his hair in black, for that is not permissible except for one person only. Um, unfortunately, we've, we've ended on a note uh, which we're going to deal with tomorrow, inshallah, in the program, on, on, on what was just before in the, the seg- segment of I am a Muslim and what is expected of me. We hope to intend that to do that in the, that part of the program. Um, we have now to proceed in the area of uh, leadership in Islam and its progression. Um, with that part of the program, we came to the seg- segment called Tarbiyah. And in Tarbiyah, it's a process that we said has been given to us, and we've gone through certain levels. Yesterday we were speaking about the fact that it's a fart. We said that it's a necessity of a knowledge that we need to seek. And we said the subject matter, as in its practical, calls for perseverance, a lot of sabr for each and every one of us. Um, and we've covered all that, that parts, inshallah, alhamdulillah, before. We then yesterday went to the area and added that to that, the process of ma'unatullah. To be able to have a total trust and dependence and reliance in Allah and to beg of Allah for help and assistance in the, in the process of rearing your, the, the younger generations. Now, that has been shown to us very clearly in the Holy Quran, how Allah allows us to recognize the fact that it is something that you and I cannot do alone. Even the great, great, great Ambiya, not scholars like you and not scholars of this world, not great scholars, not awliya and salihin, greater than them, the Ambiya, they begged Allah, they couldn't do the matter alone. Now Allah shows us all this because Allah wants to teach us. Allah tells us in the Holy Quran that some of the Ambiya said, Rabbi habali mina salihin. Allah grant us of the Salih children. And Nabi Ibrahim is one of them. Rabbi habadi min as-salihin. Allah grant me to have of the Salihin. And uh, um, and then Allah Ta'ala mentions to us about Nabi Zakariya. And Allah Ta'ala mentions and says, Hunadika da'a Zakariya Rabbah. That is when Nabi, Ibrahim, Nabi Zakariya saw what happened with, with, with Sayyidatina Maryam and he didn't have children Allah to teaches us what he did when he saw what is the quality of a child and what can happen and he saw the wonders in Sayyidatina Maryam the mother of Nabi Isa and he was nurturing her Nabi Zakaria he was guiding her because her mother passed away the parents passed away and he and his wife looked after Nabi uh, Sayyidatina Maryam and when he saw and experienced certain things about her, Allah says to us, Hunalika da'a Zakaria. At that moment, Zakaria, when he saw and experienced this beauty of the fact that Allah put certain qualities in her presence, he says, Hunalika da'a Zakaria, Rabba, Qala Rabba, Rabbi Habali, Milla Dunka Durriyatan Tayyiba. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. He said, to Allah, Allah says to us, at that moment when he saw the greatness and glory that there is in offspring and in children, he made dua and he says, Rabbana, he says, Rabbana, 
Rabbi habali, oh my Lord, grant me as a gift, milladunka as from your personal self, dhurriyatan tayyiba, an offspring that will be a contentment, that will be righteous, that will be good people. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant us to be of those who actually follow that path, to be righteous people ourselves, to be good people, and to strive to be able to wish and to have good people. But realizing we cannot allow it to come, we need to follow a certain path, and realize that the anbiya dependent and relied on Allah, so you and I need to rely on Allah Ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala mentions to us at various places in the Holy Quran, where Allah Ta'ala says, وَجَعَلْهُ رَبِّي رَضِيَّ And Allah Ta'ala, make me that I am satisfied with him and somebody who will be righteous and good. And Allah Ta'ala is referring to the dua of Nabi Zakaria, where Allah Ta'ala gave him a son by the name of Yahya. And then Allah to teaches Allah to teaches you and me our normal process of life is the fact that when Allah speaks to the Ummah of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah to teaches us a dua to make and the dua that Allah uses here is the dua of of Allah guiding us in the Quran and Allah is called that amongst the ayat and Allah says رَبَّنَا هَبْ لَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا كُرَّةَ عَأْيٌ وَجَعَنَّا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا سُبْحَانَكْ لَحُولَ وَلَا كُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ So Allah tells us the process of what we... And Allah calls that amongst the, 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 those verses, amongst the verses of Ibadur Rahman. What does the, 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 the righteous people do? The slaves of the, the Ar-Rahman, the slaves of the most merciful... What do they do? And Allah says, one of the things that they do is they call Allah and they beg of Allah to grant them that their children, their offspring be righteous and good people. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us to be of those who that strive to be able to have good and realize that we cannot do it on our own. We need to have an interlink with, a very strong link with Allah. The, 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 the words that goes about this is they say to you, it's all about who you know when you do things. When you deal with matter, it's all about who you know. I say, yes, it is. It is with who you know. Because who you know helps you. They allow you to reach things. But if your who you know is not Allah, don't expect any help. If you have your who you know at anybody on anything, they can do you absolutely nothing. Knowing them or knowing you, if Allah don't want it to happen, it will not happen. If Allah wants something to happen, whether you know them or you don't know them, it will happen. Because Allah has decided it will happen, it's not to do with who you know. The who you know cannot help you unless that who you know is Allah. So if we keep our link with Allah strong, then yes, the process of having to be able to see that we link with Allah, the, mala- the, the anbiya linked with Allah for their offspring. So you and my offspring, if we want righteous and good children, it is through the process and the link of Allah. This, this is what the scholars are saying as part of the, the process of when we look at tarbiyah, 
these things must be in place to understand the subject matter of tarbiyah and realize that if we want to see that we guide and nurture our children in accordance with what Allah and His Rasul wants, then we must have our link and our calling and our plea with Allah and begging Allah for His assistance and that He can allow us to be able to find successes in the very rearing of our family. Allah shows us also in the Holy Quran Oh Allah, grant me to be a person of salah and grant my offspring to be the same. Showing to us that we need to draw our offspring in. We need to be able to see that it's not only a dua, but it's a dua that grants us insight to realize that we need to be able to see that we make salah, that we perform the salah, that we learn the salah, that we do the salah, that we acquire its knowledge and we do it in appropriate of how Allah and His Rasul teach and expects of us to be able to make salah. And then we see, Rabbi ja'anni muqim salati wa min durriyati, grant of my offspring. And this is the words of Nabi Ibrahim, which he says, imagine a Nabi. And he beg of Allah, grant my offspring to be offspring that also makes the salah. And if you and I make that salah, that, that, that dua sincerely, but as dua not on the, the, uh, the tongue and expecting things to happen and say it was a dua khamak, dua is something which is deep in my blood, in my veins, in my, my heart, in my brain. And it uh, eats at me the consideration that I then present it on my tongue to Allah. And it's a very strong vibration from my heart to be able to reach where we say the the uh, the, 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 the 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 vibes and the um, the vibes that you given given off is strong link to be able to reach out to an antenna of Allah and Allah will be able to pick it up and Allah will respond to that. What makes it strong? What makes it a strong vibe is the fact that the du'a is not on my tongue. But it actually comes from the depth of my heart, feeling strong in my mind, and I love it. I love the du'a in my life. Ya Rabb, may Allah grant us to be of those people, inshaAllah. Ya Rabb. So the very words that we say, oh Allah grant me to be, we see how the scholars tells us, even we see a person like a Nabi, Nabi Ibrahim, speaks to Allah, and he asks Allah to grant him children that is obedient to Allah. What about you and me? How should we live the processes? And uh, and then the understanding of the fact of the dua that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us that when Allah, of what we've shared with you yesterday, that we constantly make dua for our children. But when they are in difficulty, Allah promised us if, if we turn to Allah, Allah will accept because we put our trust in Allah. We believe we cannot do it on our own. We need to be able to get the help and assistance from Allah. May Allah grant us khairin, khairin barakah, insha'Allah. And so that that in all brings about the processes of understanding the, the, the need, collective need that they need to be for the process of, of, of success when we rear children. The scholars then goes further to say to us, after having to be able to realize that you, you need to depend on Allah, you need to have the sabr, you need to, need to seek the knowledge, you need to realize that something that you need to live by as a fart, 
the first important aspect in carrying out the role of tarbiyah. The first and most important role in having to be able to is to be able to see that you choose a very good partner to get married to. That you don't pick somebody from the street. Now sorry when I say pick somebody, I mean you just don't take anybody. You are worthy something greater than that. You don't just take anything and that becomes your partner. Not not anything or anybody. Yes, you select. You be excessively selective to select the best as a partner. Meaning, you do a thorough, thorough check in the quality of the person, of the who and the what and the where and where it comes from. To be able to know whether this person is worthy of being your partner. So you choose somebody, you don't take somebody. And yes, specifically the scholar says, it speaks to, to two people. It speaks to the young person who in actual fact is being exposed to the emotion. But more so they say it is reference to the father figure, the parents of the, the youth. They must be able to have the vision for their children. And they must be able to select for their children. And they must be able to do the process of preferences so that their children can be guided into righteous path. Too many a youth has today been given the right to be able to select for themselves. And they don't know better. Sorry. They only have an emotion. And they don't go into the marriage with a vision and a view that if, if I need to get married, I need to have somebody who's worthy going to be a, a mother figure if I'm a man, a mother figure to my family and my children. And if I am a woman, I need to get somebody who's going to be worthy of being a real father, a leader in my family to guide my family to what is success. Allahu Akbar. Now this, this doesn't happen. The scholars speaks about this and they, they guide us to say it's a necessity that we need to look into this. And our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that when a person needs to be able to choose, the choosing the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us in the, when it comes to the female, if a young man wants to choose a female, or a parent wants to choose a female for his son, then he can probably look at one of four things. He can look at her maliha, her wealth, meaning she's, she comes from a rich family, or her beauty, or her, a, a, a status in position as a family member, comes from a noble family or whatsoever, or it could be for her deen. The four is for her wealth, for her beauty, for her status, or for her a belief that she have, her deen, a belief. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam advised when it comes to selection, the best one would be to select, the best one would be to select the person who has deen. If the person has deen and has all the other qualities or all the other qualities, why not? 
But the most important quality to be able to do a selection is to use the quality of good deen. This is what our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to us. And the scholars goes as far as saying to us that if a person has ever been given the right to be able to select something in life, when you and I was given the right to select the most important selection is to select for Iman against anything else. Because if you don't, if you haven't selected Iman and you haven't selected to want to be Muslim and you haven't selected to want to be a good slave of Allah, then unfortunately you're going to not be good. There's not going to be positivity in you. So the most important selection in our life is to be able to select Iman. But then they also say the second most important selection in our total life for anything that is ever going to happen in our total life the second most important selection is to be able to select a good partner. Because if you haven't selected, if you got into the marriage you just landed into the marriage there was no selection there was no choosing there was no priorities that you had to put into place and you just fell in love and got into it all then unfortunately you cannot claim the fact that you will be righteous to fulfill your responsibilities neither would you be able to trust that the person you're going to get married to is going to be worthy so islam strongly recommends us in the advice of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that selection needs to take place. And selection is especially when it comes to a female, that the father figure must be able, or the wali, the wali or wakil must be able to be able to do what we say, have introspection and have the ability to be able to reflect onto the personality and where the person comes from, that he or she ref, uh, prefers for this lady that he wants her to get married. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us. So the issue of selection from the side of the ulama is a very, very important aspect that we, the ummah, should be see, see as a necessity and advice. We've said to you, what is the criteria given to selection of a female? Our Nabi says one of four things you can choose, but if you've chosen the, the, the quality of, a, of, of deen, then you've chosen the best. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa goes further. And he says to us, the selection of a female is X. But let's listen to the selection of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when it comes to a male. When a, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, إِذَا أَتَاكُمْ مَنْ تَرْدَوْنَ دِينَهُ وَخُلُقَهُ If it is that somebody comes knock at your door requesting the hand of your daughter, and the person has got two qualities, Two qualities stands out in this person. What is it? If his deen is righteous and his character is righteous. So you need to be able to go and find the deen of this person and find the quality. So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa puts it onto the neck of the wali, of the wakil, of the father figure, the sultan of the house, of the family, that he needs to do a thorough check. He needs to go and scratch into the life of that person to see the qualities 
of the deen of that person. Is his deen solid and firm? Does he know his Lord? Does he interact with his Lord? Does he love Allah? Does he love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Is he the type of person who want to bring this into his lifestyle? And is he going to be obedient to Allah? Does he want to know his deen? Does he have the zest and desire to want to understand? Does he admit to the fact that he lacks and he can grow? May Allah open the path and grant us to be able to recognize where we are. And so the process of when we say the ikhtiyar zawja, our Nabi says it must be built, built on two things, his character and his deen when it comes to a male. Sheikh, we have now reached the end of the program and now I'm going to be allowing Sheikh to do the closing dua inshallah. for that one. Uh, as time goes so very, very quick, we don't cover anything much. And then, subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. We make dua to collectively. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Wal asr. Inna al insana la fi husr. Illa alladhina amanu wa amilu salihat. Wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bil sabr. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa salim. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Shukran. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. From myself, Yasmina Andres of the team. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We go straight into Asr.